Good morning, everybody, and welcome to Children's Chapel. We're in our sanctuary. We thought we'd change it up a bit this week, but we are so glad that you're here joining us this morning. We've got lots of exciting and fun things. We're going to wake ourselves up. This morning, we're looking at the story of Esther, and we're going to sing some songs, and Mr. Wink's going to tell the story for us, and we're going to go over a craft that you all can do at home, and we're so glad that you're with us and joining us. I'm going to invite Ms. Harris up to start us off with some music this morning. Good morning, boys and girls. Let's see, I'm far away from the screen. Let me get a little closer to you. I will get closer in just a minute. Okay. So, boys and girls, we're going to sing a song today that your parents know and your grandparents know. It's a really old song. Um, and you, pro you may know it too, um, but we're going to add a couple of fun parts to it. Um, if you are a person who is deaf, that means you can't hear, then you, then you communicate with people in a different way. And you communicate with a special language called sign language. Some of you may know Spanish, French, um, Chinese, Mandarin, um, but this language is called sign language. And I'm going to just teach you a few words of sign language. The word for Jesus, if you put your hands out like this, take your tall man and touch it to the middle of one hand. And then go back and then take your other tall man and touch it to this hand. And that is Jesus. Try that again. Jesus. And it represents Jesus uh, on the cross. Jesus. And then loves me. And then we're going to add some other parts that I know you'll be able to do with me. So Jesus loves me. Show your, show your family your sign language today that you know Jesus in sign language. Okay, we're going to sing now. Thank you for waiting on me, boys and girls. Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. Little ones to Him belong, they are weak but He is strong. Yes, Jesus loves me, yes, Jesus loves me, yes, Jesus loves me, the Bible tells me so. Thank you, boys and girls. I'll see you again in a minute. Mr. Wink is going to come now and tell us the story of a very important woman named Esther. Okay, I think I'm on now. 
So I'll start again. I am so sorry. I forgot to bring my microphone until the very last second, and it's hard to hear. But um, uh, what I was saying before is I'm Mr. Wink, and I'm here to tell the story. And last few weeks, Andy's been here to help out, but he can't be here today, and so I'm really missing him. But I brought some little things to help me tell the story, too. Um, it's the story of Esther, and Esther's kind of, it has a whole bunch of characters in the story, and it's really easy to get confused about who's who and what's what. So, I've made up little characters for each person, and I've dressed them up, whoops, so that we can know the story. So I'll introduce you to each character first, and then I'll start the story. Here's our first character. His feet came off, his shoes came off of him. But here's our first character, and look at him. He's the king. His name is King Xerxes, and he likes gold, and he's a very rich king and very famous. He just finished winning a bunch of battles and taking over a whole bunch of land so that there's a whole lot of subjects underneath him. And that's King Xerxes, very powerful, in control of all of Persia. And he has a beautiful wife named Vesti. And Queen Vesti is very popular and very friendly. And she has a lot of friends in a beautiful palace of her own where her friends hang out. So King Xerxes and Queen Vesti. Now, later on in the story, there will be a king's advisor or a king's counselor, and his name is Haman, and he is one of the king's advisors. And then we have a man who's a Jew, who's an Israelite. He was an Israelite, and by this time they started calling the Israelites Jews. And the Jews are the people who follow the one true God and the God of our Bible. His name, his name is Mordecai. And he had a niece, and she, her parents died when she was very young. And so Mordecai took Esther, and her, the niece is named Esther, and Mordecai took Esther in to live with him. So these are our five characters, just so it's easier for us to remember who they are. King Xerxes, Queen Vesti, Haman, um, Mordecai, the Jewish man, and his niece, um, Esther. So, this story starts out, and this story, when I was learning about it, is really interesting because it's a little different from all the other stories we've done so far. Uh, in our other stories, like if you remember last week, God separated the waters of the Red Sea so the Israelite people could be safe and go home to their homeland in Canaan and be safe from the Egyptians. And the week before that, God made a huge flood and took Noah to safety um, and a big thing like that. But this week, we have God working through the people, God's people, the people of God. God's work is being done through the people of God. Uh-oh. <laughs> like Mordecai, who's a Jew, and like Esther, who's a Jew. So listen to the story today and think about the times that God is involved 
in their lives and the choices they make to help to show God in the world. So our story starts out with, um, with King Xerxes. He's just finished winning a lot of battles, and he comes home to his hometown and goes into his palace, and he declares a big party, like a huge birthday party. Only this thing's not going to last just one day. It is going to last six months. Like if your birthday, if you had a birthday party every day for a whole half a year, that's what this guy's doing. So he was so happy and celebrating his big, his big victories with all of his friends. And for six whole months, the whole place, the whole city, and all the provinces celebrate. And then after six months of partying, you know, you would think people would be tired and have a tummy ache and stuff like that from all the stuff they've been eating. He decides to have another party with his closest, best special friends for seven more days, for a whole more week. So he's in his palace having his party with his friends, and uh, we'll give him a few friends, having his party with his friends, and he notices his wife is not at the party here in the palace. So he sends a messenger to go find Queen Xerxes, uh, Queen uh, uh, Vesti. And he goes over to Vesti and tells Vesti that King Xerxes would like to see her and he would like for all of his friends to see how beautiful she is and how she'll do anything for him and how she is just his servant and just anything that he wants, he will get her. And Queen Vesti hears this and she says, no, I'm not going to do that. I am not going over there and parade myself around a bunch of his friends and all that kind of stuff just to make him you know, feel big and powerful. I'm not going to do it. So, goodness, he goes over and tells Xerxes. Well, Xerxes gets really mad. Um, he's kind of, Xerxes might be like one of those friends who makes decisions really fast, and sometimes they're not always the best decisions, and sometimes they're not always, but, you know, they, they make it really fast. And Xerxes says, oh, no, I don't want her to be my queen anymore. Um, and so he asked his friends, what should I do? Well, they consulted the rules and the laws of the land, and they said, well, what you can do, she's queen, and she's always going to be queen. But you can make a rule that says she can never come to the palace, and that you won't want to see her anymore again, because she made you so mad. And Xerxes says, well, that's okay. And so he does that, and... They go over and tell. Uh, they they go over and, uh, and tell her, and she's not all that upset. So maybe they weren't really as happy as we thought they were together. She's not all that upset, and she gladly gives the crown away. But she's allowed to keep her palace, and to keep her friends, and stay where she and and stay in town, and become and still be acting like a queen. So, she's still in her palace, and they come back, and then Xerxes and uh, this friend say, well, Xerxes, you know, maybe you should look around for another queen, because kings need to have queens. Um, and so Xerxes sends out a decree to look for all the beautiful women in, in the countryside and bring them into the palace to see if they want to marry him. It kind of, when I started reading it, it felt like it was like some TV show, like The Bachelor or something like that. So the messengers went all throughout the countryside to go find 
the women, in the women in the whole countryside that might want to marry the prince. It's almost, it sounds a little bit like Cinderella. Well, they bring a bunch of, uh, when they find someone, what they do is they bring them back to the palace and they take a whole year of teaching this person, the, the prospective new uh, queen, they have to teach her a whole bunch of stuff about like being queen and like, you know, royalty and in the palace and how to dress and how to act and all that kind of stuff, where, you know, things to say because a lot of kings and queens say fancy words and stuff like that. And so it takes a whole year before the woman gets sent in front of the, before they can date. It takes a whole year before they decide that the king decides, oh, well, let's date. And uh, then if it kind of goes over pretty well, they'll keep dating, and then just like normal, they'll get married. Well, Esther, Queen, uh, Esther here, she's one of the women that the messengers found that when they met her, they said, oh, you're a very nice woman, and you seem very pretty, and you're very smart. You might make a good queen, so why don't you come to the palace with us, and we'll get you ready to see if you can date Xerxes. So they take Esther to the palace, and as in this year of Esther learning languages and learning all kind of stuff so that she can become a really good queen, the attendants find that they really do like her, and they really think that she would be an honest and fair and nice queen. And so they kind of start thinking, oh, this, this might be the one, this might be the next queen. Well, after a year, they have Esther all ready, and she meets Xerxes. And they have their first date, and it goes over really, really well. And she goes back to the palace, but he calls her back later on, and they have more dates. And after a while, Xerxes asks his friends, well, you know, Esther is so nice and everything, I think I want to marry her. And they're like, oh, we're so glad we like Esther too. So the king makes Esther the next queen. and gives her a little crown. And they live in the palace. Now, while this is happening, if you remember Mordecai. Now Mordecai, uh, um, Esther's been living with Mordecai, um, and Mordecai has come every day to the palace walls to ask an attendant about how Esther's doing about getting to be queen and stuff. So he's been here for a whole year. He comes over for a whole year and comes to the wall and asks. Well, one day, shortly after Esther becomes queen, Mordecai's at the gates and he hears two soldiers and they start talking about how they don't like Xerxes and how they want to have a different king and how they're going to go and stab Xerxes and get rid of him and then they're going to get a new king. Well, Mordecai hears this, and he goes to tell Esther. He tells Esther to tell Xerxes to be careful because there are a couple of people looking to get, do him harm. Esther tells the king, and the king goes and finds out the two people and banishes and makes them go away and banishes them away so they can't come back and hurt him. And Mordecai is very happy and has another party because he likes to seem, he seems to like to have parties. Yes, okay, so, uh, but Mordecai, he did some, this really nice thing, but nobody ever really said anything to, nobody ever gave him an award or anything like that. But still, about this time, <coughs> um, 
King Xerxes, he has his uh, helpers and his attendants and his counselors. And this one man, Haman, becomes Xerxes' best friend and counselor. And Haman is uh, kind of, I don't know how you'd say it, maybe a little full of himself. Haman thinks he's really a top dog. He thinks he is something special and better than anybody else. And he tells Xerxes, well, you know, since I'm so good and my hair looks good and I'm such a good-looking guy, you ought to tell everybody else in the countryside that they have to bow down to me when I come by because I'm your best friend. And Xerxes, he's kind of like, well, sure, that sounds all right. Tell everybody they have to bow down when you come by. So as Haman goes home that night, people are bowing down to him, but except for Mordecai, who will not bow down to, Zer to, to Haman. Mordecai is not going to bow down to Haman because Mordecai believes in one true God, in our one God, and Mordecai will only bow down to our one God. He won't bow down to any man or any king. He will only bow to the one true God. And this makes Haman really mad. He goes home very upset. Uh, and the next day he comes back and there's Mordecai again. He's still standing up and he's not paying any attention and Haman gets really, really upset. And so he goes over, Esther's back in her, pal back in her room, he goes over and finds Xerxes. And he want, he, he's like, well, uh, uh, Mordecai won't sit for me, you know. Um, I'm sorry. He goes over to Xerxes, starting again, and he says, you know, there are these guys who are living in our country. They're called Jews, just like that Mordecai over there. And they don't follow our rules, and they don't bow down to our kings, and they don't listen to our gods, and they're just kind of not like the rest of us. So we should make a rule to get rid of them. Let's give them one year to either not be Jewish or we have to kick him out. And Xerxes says, hmm, I don't know. More, he, uh, um, Haman says, well, you know, if they keep doing this kind of thing, everybody else is going to do this kind of thing. And then all of a sudden, nobody's going to follow your rules, and nobody's going to follow the law, and nobody's going to do anything else. So Xerxes says, okay, okay, you make the rule, and in one year, the Jews have to either decide to move out or change from being a Jew. Well, Haman makes the rules, and, and Haman makes the rule and sends out the word. But Mordecai still will not sit. And this makes him really, really mad. But he goes home really mad, knowing that, knowing that within one year, things will be changing. Well, Mordecai is really sad. And he, like, takes off his outer clothes to show everybody how sad he is and word gets around to Esther that he's not eating and he's not drinking and he's really sad so Esther sends an attendant to find out what's going on and Mordecai says it's because that Haman wants to get rid of all the Jews and you and so the, he tells Esther <laughs> Esther is upset and she goes to Mordecai, and they talk about it, about what they can do. Mordecai says, you need to talk to Xerxes about saving us all. And Esther says, oh, but I can only come see the king when the king invites me. That's kind of the rule around the palace, is you don't go see the king unless he invites you. Because you could get in trouble if you show up at the king's door without being invited. 
And Mordecai said, well, you know, in a year we're going to have to make this decision. Something's going to have to happen. So you need to do something. And so Esther thinks for a minute and she says, okay, I'll go see the king in three days. But before that, I want you to tell all the other Jews that we need to pray and we need to fast. We need to stop eating and pray all the time and pray to God to come help us out. <clears throat> so Mordecai goes and tells all the Jews and Esther goes back to her place and she tells all of her attendants to stop and pray and fast for the next three days while she's getting ready to go see the king. So, yep. So, ah, yes, so she goes to see the king and the king's surprised because he didn't ask her to come. But the king is very happy to see her because he loves her very much. And so he says, come in, Esther, what can I do for you? What, can, what do you need? And she's scared to tell uh, Xerxes about her being Jew and, and the Jews you know, trying to help all of her people and all of her friends and her uncle Mordecai. So she just says, well, maybe you can come to a party. If, let me have a party for you and a party for Haman. And y'all can come to my party, and I'll tell you what I want then. And Haman's really excited because he's like, wow, a party with a king and queen? I must be something special. This is really cool. So Haman goes away really happy. But, of course, he gets over to the gates, and he sees Mordecai. And that just changes his mood right then. He just turns sour and mad and grumpy and goes home all grumpy because he saw Mordecai again. Well, when he gets to his house, he tells his friends, and his friends say, you're never going to be happy with Mordecai around, so you need to go tell Xerxes that he needs to kick Mordecai out of town so you don't have to see him anymore. And, and Haman thinks, oh, that's a really good idea. Tomorrow morning, I will go see King Xerxes, and I'll tell him to kick Mordecai out of town so I don't have to see him anymore. And then in a year, they're going to all be gone anyway. So that night, Haman goes to sleep thinking, I've got it all taken care of. But what happens changes things a lot right here. What happens is that King Xerxes has been sleeping in his palace. But he can't sleep very well. He's having troubles going to bed. He's having nightmares and things. And so he wakes up. And he asks for one of his attendants to come in and read to him. And so his attendant brings in a history book. Hmm. And it's a book that has a stories about what King Xerxes has done and what his family and what the people of Persia has done. And as he's telling the story, as he's reading from the book, he mentions the fact that Mordecai... Mordecai told Esther about the plot to do him harm, to do Xerxes harm. And Xerxes says, oh, I remember Mordecai, but I don't remember if we did anything very nice for Mordecai. And the attendant said, no, we didn't do anything nice for Mordecai. And so Xerxes thinks, in the morning when I get up, we're going to do something special for him. And so Xerxes gets up, Mordecai, comes to the palace, really mad at, at uh, I'm sorry, Haman, I told you these characters, Haman comes to the palace, really upset because Mordecai is still not bowing down to him, 
And it's just ready to go tell the king, we need to get rid of Mordecai. But the king turns to him before he has anything to say and says, Haman, Haman, what would you do for someone that you want to honor a whole lot and you want to make it really special and really important? Uh, and Haman stops and he's like, hmm, who's he talking about? He must be talking about me. He must want to make me an honor and give me honor and glory and make everybody know I'm really proud. So it must be me. So then he turns over and he says, well, what I would do if I were you is I would give that person my royal robes, an old royal robe, and I'd give that person my crown, and I'd give that person one of my horses, and I would have a nobleman walk around town with that man on the horse, and that nobleman would lead them all around town and tell everybody in town that this person is very special to the king. And the king says, great idea. You go do that for Mordecai. Uh, and Haman's like, no, what? I don't understand. Um, but Xerxes gives Haman clothes to give to Mordecai. And they do. They put on the robe, the king's old robes, and they put on a crown and they put him on a horse, and Mordecai has to, uh, and Haman has to parade Mordecai around town. Well, when that gets over with, Mordecai goes back to his wall, and Haman goes back home, and he is very, very upset. He's really mad, and his friends tell him, oh, Haman, you're in big trouble now. Mordecai has become the king's best friend, and I don't know if the king's going to like you anymore. And Mordecai's really worried. But at that same moment, the queen's attendant shows up and says, it's time for the party. Let's go to the party. Whew. And Haman's really worried, but he's got to go to the party because it's the king and queen's party. So they head on out. And when they show up for dinner, they show up for dinner at the party, and they're having a really good time. But as the night gets on, the king says, Now, Esther, I know you want something. Now, what can I give you? I will give you as much as half of my kingdom. I just ask for anything, and you may have it. And so Esther stopped, and she said, King Xerxes, I want you to give me my life. And Xerxes says, What? And she says, Xerxes, uh, King Xerxes, I want you to save my life and save the life of all of my people. She says, I am a Jew, and someone has made a rule to get rid of all the Jews. And Xerxes says, my goodness, who would have done that? And she says, Haman, Haman did this to me. And he did this, and Mordecai's a Jew too. And Haman looks really scared because Xerxes is getting upset. He is like, why would you make a rule that would get rid of my queen and one of my favorite people? And Haman runs away, and he doesn't come back. In fact, he runs out of town and leaves, and Xerxes is so happy with, that he's so happy with Esther that um, he finds Mordecai and ends up actually giving him Haman's house, because Haman ran away and went somewhere else, and making Mordecai very important. But Esther's still a little worried. She's like, but king, but king, what about the edict? What about the law that you made? 
And the king said, oh, well, we'll just make another law and we'll change that around. So they did. They made a law that said that the Jewish people could stay and they could be around and they could keep their property and they could feel safe and like they weren't going to get harmed or anything. And so they all had a large party together and Mordecai became his king's number one assistant and the couple lived happily. And so that's our story today. And you can kind of see how God worked through Mordecai and his uh, faith in his one true God and how Esther had to have bravery and how God worked through Esther to save her people. So that's this week's story. And next week it'll be Job, another long one. <laughs> I'll give you back to Ms. Harris, uh, Ms. Margo. Thank you so much, Mr. Wink. That was wonderful. Thank you for making our story come to life this morning. Um, boys and girls, our craft today is another paper plate craft, so we think it's one that you'll have all the things you need. We're making crowns today. You can see my crown. I decided to paint mine purple and blue, and you can decorate yours with sequins or stickers or whatever you want, but we'll hope you'll go home and make these crafts this week and send us photos of you running around your house wearing your crown. We have a memory verse this morning, and I'm going to read it once, and then if you'll repeat after me, it's from the book of Esther, chapter 2, verse 17. I'll read it first. The king loved Esther, so he placed a crown upon her head. Will you repeat it with me? The king loved Esther, so he placed a crown upon her head. Thank you, guys. Would you please pray with me? Dear God, thank you so much for brave people who spread your word. And thank you for all the heroes of the Bible. We thank you for always working behind the scenes and for working through each of us. Amen. So good to be with you all. I'm now going to invite Miss Harris up for our closing song. Hi, boys and girls. I think you remember our closing song. We whisper a prayer. You can whisper a prayer, scream a prayer, sing a prayer. You can even say a prayer in your own mind. God always hears you. So whisper a prayer in the morning. When you're waking up in the morning, whisper a prayer at noon. Noon is lunchtime. Whisper a prayer in the evening when you're going to sleep to keep your heart in tune. We can pray to God anytime about anything that, that we need help with. And we can also thank God anytime for all the things God does for us. Let's turn on our music. I have to walk away for a minute. Sorry. Okay, boys and girls, if you've been in Children's Chapel, you know this song by now. So sing it with me, okay? Let's turn on our singing voices. Whisper a prayer in the morning. Whisper a prayer at noon. Whisper a
answers prayers at noon. God answers prayers in the evening. So keep your heart in tune. Bye, boys and girls. Have a great day, and we'll see you next week. Bye.